When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This episode of the Birdshot Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. On this episode of the show, we are live from the Grouse Woods with John Prescott and Stephen Faust. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 194. All right, welcome back to the Birdshot Podcast, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode, as always. And thank you to Patreon patrons of the Birdshot Podcast. Got a bunch of new signups over the last week. And on this episode in particular, you will hear from a Patreon patron of the Birdshot Podcast who won a trip to Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, which is where I caught up with our guest today, John Prescott, one of our guests today. We were also joined by Stephen Faust. We'll check in with those two in just a minute, but I just wanted to remind you of those Patreon benefits. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Starting at five bucks a month, you'll get Birdshot Podcast Can't Collusion stickers as a little welcome and thank you from me. You'll be eligible for monthly Patreon giveaways, which this month will be for an Onyx Elite subscription card as our winner last week, Tim from Minnesota, did opt for for the Sawbuck brush pants from First Light. You get discounts on things like Gumleaf Boots, Gumleaf USA, Upland Institute, dog training video series from Ron Bame and Justin McGrail, and you get bonus content, of which I have another bonus episode with Nick Adair of the Gun Dog at Yourself podcast that will have hit the Patreon feed by the time you are hearing this. So thanks for considering that, patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Speaking of Upland Institute, questions for Justin McGrill. Keep sending them in. Our stack is ever-growing. We're getting closer to having enough to keep us busy for an episode, I think. But please send in any hunting-related bird dog questions you've got or bird hunting. Justin's done a lot of guiding, but he's certainly most well-known for his dog training. So we want hunting season 
themed bird dog related training questions, send those in to me, nick at birdshotpodcast.com via email is the easiest for me to keep track of those and catalog them for when we do get Justin scheduled. Rate, review, subscribe, like, share the podcast, leave a rating or comment, subscribe or follow in the podcast app. Take you just a minute and they are a big help for the Birdshot Podcast. Thanks for considering that. October 13th today. Boy, those October days tick away pretty quickly, don't they? I just got back from running the dogs in the woods this late afternoon. Got each dog down for an hour and kind of a ho-hum day out there. I think we flushed seven grouse total and nothing went our way today. Had some good dog work by both dogs, some good points, but today was kind of a reminder that it's one thing to get the grouse pointed, but there are still other things that need to happen for you to get a shot, make a connection. I never pulled the trigger today. Never saw the grouse. It was kind of unusual. Hunting's been pretty good and it's really been heating up over the last week or so. We had some rain and wind this week, which really thinned out the woods. So I would say we are absolutely in prime time at this point when you're listening to this. People have been getting into birds and finding success out there. That's for sure. And it's been going that way for me too. But today was just, again, kind of odd. I think of the seven grouse we flushed today, I heard six and caught a glimpse of one. It was rather unusual. Actually, one bird kind of incredibly ran over 100 yards, which I would say is definitely not the norm. But this bird in particular, Rose, my little two-year-old setter, she stuck with it. And I could tell with the intensity she was pointing and relocating and pointing, I knew there was a bird there. We were kind of in this big pole size aspen that was, I think it was 18-year-old aspen cut, pretty thinned out by this point. And there was a lot of ferns in there, which is not usually what I find myself in. But in this case, there was less hazel brush and more of these bracken ferns. They're all brown, still standing, which I find hard to believe. I don't know if that's unusual or not at this point in the year, but I guess I just want them to be down. But anyways, this grouse was cruising under these ferns. And as I replayed in my mind, it's hard to believe I did not cut this bird off and pressure it enough to put it into the air on these five or six relocate attempts. There were a couple times where I feel like I would have been on top of this bird and it maybe just let me walk right by through the ferns. It was pretty incredible, actually. And then Rose stacked up inside this little sliver of really dark conifer spruce and some deadfalls in there. And I was pretty certain the bird was in there and it was kind of a pick a side type deal. And I chose one side. And as I was working up it, the bird went out the other side and I caught a glimpse of it. It was pretty incredible actually. I was really impressed by Rose sticking with that bird and actually playing it out to getting a flush. But boy, was it frustrating to not even have an opportunity to reward that kind of dog work. But that's grouse hunting. It was really a letdown in that moment, but in hindsight, pretty cool and fun stuff. So I guess I'm just feeling the October vibes and sharing a little bit of that with you on the podcast, having just returned from the woods and now recording this intro so I could get this episode published tomorrow morning. All right. Last week, I was out at the one and only Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, where a listener of the Birdshot Podcast Patreon supporter, who you meet today, John Prescott, was at Pine Ridge because he won the hunt that we gave away last year. So first and foremost, I want to thank my buddy Jerry Havel, owner and operator of Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, for offering up that giveaway to the Birdshot Podcast. Pine Ridge is a special place, and Jerry was very generous in offering that up as a giveaway here to Patreon patrons of the Birdshot Podcast. And a big thank you to Stephen Faust, who 
took John and I out for a hunt on the day that we recorded this interview. Stephen Faust, you'll know if you've been listening to the show, he's been on a couple times before. He was recently featured in a Project Upland film, which was an excellent display of Stephen's Gordon Setters that he is very well known for, Stony Brook Gordon Setters. And this was actually the first time I got to go for a walk in the woods with Stephen, which was really cool. I'd long been wanting to see his dogs work and work they did. They put us on some grouse that day. We actually didn't have, it wasn't a crazy day. It got hot in the afternoon after we recorded this. We recorded this at midday. We had a real good first walk in the morning. And as you'll hear me explain, I was 0 for 3 on grouse at that point, had bagged some woodcock. And in the afternoon, things really slowed down. It got warm and really dried out. Tough for the dogs, I think. And we flushed a few more grouse, but as far as John and I are aware, they are still living free, happily, and healthy out in the woods. But anyways, we had a great time. It was really cool to spend some time in the woods with John and Stephen, and we recorded this podcast sitting around the tailgate after a quick lunch and before we headed out for the afternoon. So, quick little plug for my buddy Stephen. You want to go out and see some Gordon Setters work the grouse woods and have a blast? You can do that up at Pine Ridge or get in touch with Stephen Faust when he is back down in the southeast North Carolina doing his woodcock and grouse hunts down there. If you're interested in that, I can assure you it would be well worth your time. And I will put Stephen's contact information in the show notes of this episode. All right, huge thank you to John Prescott for being a Patreon patron of the Birdshot podcast. I really appreciate it. It was awesome to spend some time with him at Pine Ridge, get to know him, and talk about all the things that everybody out there listening has a passion for. It was just really fun. John came up there and he went out the day before with former guest on the show, Kevin Shepard, where John shot his first two roughed grouse with Shep. So how cool is that? John had a blast up in the Minnesota grouse woods, and I think you'll get a sense of that on this episode as well. So I hope all of you out there are enjoying these October days. Don't take any hunt for granted. Everyone is special. Take care of those bird dogs and enjoy this awesome time of year. And with that said, let's welcome into the conversation and onto the Birdshot Podcast, John Prescott and Stephen Faust. We're just going to jump right into it, John. Okay. We're in the field, in the grouse woods. Yep. First trip to the grouse woods? Yes. Absolutely, twenty-five hours. <laughs> but it was worth every. It was worth every mile. Twenty-five hours, Actually, every minute. Let me grab this right there. There you go. Oh, hold on. Is that gonna bother you? Uh, I just. Is that good? There, yeah, you're good there. All right. So, let's do intros. There's a lot of strange connections bringing us together today. <laughs> yes. It's almost you can't make it up really, but. We are here. We just had lunch. We are in the roughed grouse and woodcock woods of Minnesota. 1.20 in the afternoon on October 8th. Had a good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Very good morning. Enjoyed it. Yes. Had some dog work, birds in the air. Yeah, that's what it's all about. The day is not done yet. No. John, <laughs> you won the hunt on the Bird Shot podcast to come up to Pine Ridge Grouse Camp and hunt up here. Tell me a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Okay, so born and raised in uh, eastern North Carolina. So closest town to where... I'm from is New Bern, North Carolina. I live actually in a little east of that in Pamlico County. Um, grew up a great Southern family, great, very tight connected. Yeah. Um, got into upland bird hunting through my dad. When you were young? When I was young, yep. Walking behind him and my uncles and 
other family members and you know can i go and then when can i carry a gun and yeah when can i get some shells and then when can i shoot <laughs> but i can take you to the exact spot where i killed my first bob white quail really so, hmm. yeah so i got the i got to experience the good days of southern quail hunting bob white quail hunting yeah and then i got to watch it go away so any is that enough about myself or I, where do you want me to get yeah, with yeah, that? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep asking the questions. I just, <laughs> no, that's fine. We've, we've spent the, we've spent a couple of days together and I, I mean, I'm t- like, we've just, we're talking guns and dogs and it's, it happens when you're at, when you're at Pine Ridge, you kind of, you just feel like, you know, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. I really don't, yes. I really don't know John all that well. And it's just, it's again, the small world connections that we gave away this hunt last year and John won it. And John, you had, you had inquired with Jerry about coming to Pine Ridge yeah. before yes. on your own is this is a random drawing and then you've got a dog from Stephen Faust yep, our correct, guest yeah. here on the show who's yeah. Stephen's Stephen's been on the podcast before and that's how I found out about Stephen Faust through the bird through your podcast project up yeah. the podcast yeah. through, podcast. The, through yeah. the podcast yeah. And, yeah and John hunted with me at home uh wintertime woodcock years uh what four years ago maybe three years, years ago? ago yeah i think yeah and then, so he's hunted with me a couple seasons down there and uh that's how he found we got the dog and we talked about pine ridge and everything and you know trying to make dates work and whatever and then he called me after you know after he won he called me he goes hey guess what I was like, hey, you're <laughs> kidding <laughs> small world and it was completely yeah. random completely yeah. you know no strings attached it was funny well i got the email and the first thing i did is emailed nick back and said okay is this for real yeah yeah you did <laughs> like yeah it's for real <laughs> yeah, but if you don't want to go you can get i think it was an on x card or a pair of pants i'm like no yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah. going to pine ridge this made me come yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it's yeah. a hard it's a hard place to pass up this time of year yeah. especially yeah yeah so the, no the way i got into woodcock hunting when quail basically went away uh we would always find woodcock you know periodically when we were quail hunting but We'd shoot some, but never really thought about hunting woodcock by itself. And through a friend, you guys had you have dogs when you were a kid. Oh yeah, had German short hair pointers. Short hairs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So got the woodcock hunting and kind of got the like your mindset has it's a little bit different from how you would hunt quail. I don't. You agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Serious, yeah. And started figuring it out and finding birds, and I was like, you know, this is as good if not better than shooting what we call singles when you'd have a cover rise you'd flush you'd have singles that would go in the woods edge mm-hmm. of cut down something like that mm-hmm. you'd go hunt a few singles and the woodcock hunt i'm like this is good if not better than hunting single birds back in the day when we had quail yeah and it just it got better <laughs> is there any overlap in quail and woodcock cover down there not really um well your quail you're going to find them on a lot of time Field edges, soybean fields, yeah. corn field Growing edges. Growing up, I mean, he's about the same age. Yeah. Growing up, they're always on the field edges. Soybean, yeah. almost, you know, almost always soybeans. But in any other grain crop. And there are edge birds. Yep. Like he said, the singles would disperse into the into the woods or whatever. And that's when you might pick up a woodcock every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very similar beginning to woodcock that I had. I mean, same, basically same experience. So, yeah. it's, you know. North Carolina used to have great quail hunting yes. back in the day, so yep. unfortunately. Tell me the story how you wound up with one of Stephen's dogs. Uh, so <laughs> I got put on the list. I, Stephen put me on the list for... Is this uh, after you hunted with him then? Uh, this was after yes. the first time. Yeah. After okay. the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I tell folks, I said, Sasha, 
I blame her, <laughs> but I know I'm glad Sasha is. If you hunt with Stephen, you know who Sasha is. She's just a, I was like, after hunting with her, I'm like, I got to have one of those. So I was on the list, and then the, mm-hmm. the um, Sasha Arlo litter, number one or litter Correct. A, Yeah. I was hoping that I was going to be on that list and make the <laughs> cut, and I didn't. And he said, well, I'm getting ready to breed Hazel. You know, you'll be able to get one of those. And um, Hazel didn't take. Correct. And then it was uh, September of that year. You posted on your Instagram page that you had picked up a dog that the individual who bought the dog said it was untrainable. Mm. <laughs> and um, first thing I did, I texted Stephen. I said, what are you going to do with Sky? If you're going to, I said, if you're thinking about selling them, put me on the list. And he said, no, I think I'm going to keep him. He's a good dog. And I said, no more about it. And uh, when yeah. I went woodcock hunting with him, and he put Sky down on the ground, and I'm like, so that's the untrainable dog. And just absolutely, it's a, it's a Stephen Files Gordon Sutter. They're yeah. all great. They're yeah. all good. Yeah. And then we got the chit-chatting about, <laughs> Stephen started asking questions about started dogs and finished dogs and other things and stuff like that. And I said, are you thinking about selling them? Well, you know, just asking a few questions, and it's like, <laughs> You you do the re- you fill in the rest no, of the you're, story. You're right on. I can't change your story at all. So we're we're coming through the woods and we're talking about Sky and started dogs and what John's interested in. And he's like, I really like this Sky dog. And he's he was then a, a year old dog. He's yeah. coming in as you know basically yep. his second season, just really getting it all down pat. And no, his first season even. Sorry, first yeah. season. Yeah, just you know figuring it all out. And we're talking about it, and he just comes across right in front of us and just smacks into a bird smells it you know the the wall of scent locks up solid right in front of us walk up bird flushes i remember if we shot or not it didn't matter he stands the bird he's still there the whole time and john looks at me goes i'll take him (laughs) so that was it that was it i said well all right i said i said you know we we price was done already and i said well take him before i change my mind yeah <laughs> yeah before he points another bird right right and i right, did right. <laughs> and i did yeah so and it's been a great fit i think it's been a real yeah. good fit with john i mean he's a you know gordon's or or family dogs and john treats him just as such and i think it's been a good fit with the dogs he has as yes. well yeah yeah and lucky you know and just like everything else in timing in life timing is important right and it just timed out just right for for everybody really yep. so yeah we, we we just finished. We'll, we'll maybe we'll talk about our our first walk this morning. But the the hunt we just finished, we were hunting Sky and his sister, named Maddie. 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 Yeah, Sky and Maddie. Tell me about that that point we had on there. It was textbook. Yeah. It was both of them were locked up. Both of them. I, I'm call it the classic Gordon point. I like to tell straight out. Yeah. Uh, sometimes Sky will he'll he'll almost set all the way down. So it's it's just a classic Gordon. And it it was a, a nice final bird of the of the cover yeah. being in there and you know yeah we moved some woodcock around moved in some there. woodcock yeah. in there that was a nice little cover and um, you know just to see them come together they're they're two year old dogs they're in their third season still plenty to learn but they learn fast and and they did well and uh, and that was nice to see that come together like that yeah. And the round body did a good job. So. It, it yeah, did. yeah. It did. I gotta say, John. You so the 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 Dixon round action has been. We've been we've been talking lots of shotguns this this weekend as John has a has a taste in in nice shotguns, and uh, that's one that I've never seen one in person. I've always been interested in in handling one and shooting one. Perhaps maybe even more so after the Johnny Carter video on on yeah. the Dixon round actions, and you brought one and I carried it for a walk and. Got one good look at a woodcock and it, smoked it. It came down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh that that is a that's a beautiful beautiful gun. That's twenty seven inch barrel, you said. Yeah, 
27 yep. inch barrel, six pound, seven ounce. Where'd you Where'd you get that? Uh, Kirby Hoyt. Oh, with vintage okay. doubles. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. What made you want that gun? Uh, Other than that, it's a Dixon round action. It's a Dixon round action. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just it's a Dixon round action. Yeah. It's, it's it might have been an article I read in in Project Upland or one of the magazines, and they there's been a few, yeah. They they say he is the master. Dixon is the master of the round action yeah. shotguns. Yeah, it's very unique. Yeah, and it's story. It's a, the gun feels great in your hands. It does. Very yeah. good in your hands. Yep. And the English guns. I like the English guns. They're very well balanced. Yep. Um, and as you saw, it's just a beautiful gun. Yeah. It's just a beautiful old English side by side. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me carry it. Well, you're going to carry it some more today. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I am, after that, after that woodcock going down with the first shot, I, I would really like to get a look at a grouse. Gonna, <laughs> because yeah. the grouse had my number this morning, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's all right. We <laughs> yeah. don't, we don't mind that. Yeah. yeah they, we, had, we can, we can let them win. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> they have a tendency to do that. We find a few less of them and they're a little bit, it can be a little bit tougher. Although we were talking about how tricky it can be sure. shooting that woodcock. Yeah. It's yeah. really thick still. Yep. I mean, it's October 8th, but we, uh, there's even more leaves, I think, than I was expecting. I, don't, I might be getting ahead of myself. There's a lot of ground cover and grasses and weeds, and that's, yeah. that's yeah. I think, pretty significant this year. But it's still early October. We've had some frost now, and the leaves are starting to fall. But what, what, what are your impressions of, of coming up to the, to the Northwoods, the grouse country, for the first time, John? Um, better. If it could be better than, than I expected, it, it's... It's everything, which you know, it's everything I expected through. Listening your, to me, yeah, yeah, about and, it. And, well, you know how how nice it is, and how it, it's been. Yeah, a great experience. Beautiful woods are beautiful. Walking, you know, there's been some blowdown in places, but that's yep. typical. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to have that. You, it's not a. Yeah, you're not you're not walking through. The grouse don't mind that, right? No. Yeah, no. and which yesterday I, I shot my first yeah. rough grouse. I want to talk. I mean, right yesterday out of the, was a beautiful day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My flushing dog, um, which she's not with us today, Cletus, you know, so a bird kind of come out uh, not too long after we got out of the truck, and when I shot at it, and which my motto is, as long as they keep making shotgun shells, I'm going to keep shooting, <laughs> and uh, you're not going to kill the bird if you don't shoot. Yeah. Uh, but didn't have a really good shot on it, and um, yesterday hunting with Kevin Shepard, he was like, there's another bird in there, seen Cletus in. So I, I released Cletus to go in there, and Kevin kind of come around blocking. Yeah. And to watch, to watch my little, you know, cocker spaniel, English cocker spaniel, a sun sage sporting dog cocker spaniel. They're Tasmanian devils, and he put the bird in the air. I made a good shot. He goes to the bird, picks it up, and delivers. You know, retrieves right straight to hand and yeah. looks at me and says, "I like this." <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking this is grouse hunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? How did that grouse come out of there? Was like straight up? Low and fast. Low and fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Low and yeah. fast. Gave me a great look. Yeah. Then I shot another one, and it it gave. I see a lot of paintings, or you know, some of you know, have never been up here, yep. and what it's like. But and some of the birds at back at Pine Ridge that are mounted, that bird gave me the perfect that that side profile where I could see the wings, everything, the tail feathers, the head. You know, even the little the feathers in mm. cock's back. You could. I mean, it was just a. It was picture perfect. Yeah. And I just got lucky and made another <laughs> couple BBs found it. Yeah. That's awesome. Or a couple, you know, number eights found it, not, not BBs. Two grouse for two grouse on your first day hunting the grouse woods. Yeah. Now, have you have you ever hunted rough grouse no. back in the southeast? No, you no. haven't. Okay, no. wow. Yeah. Well, I did go with Stephen once up in the mountains, but I'm from 
I'm from the flatlands, yeah. and me and the mountains don't mix too well. But we, <laughs> I think we might have moved a couple. But we, it, we did. It's we different did. hunting in it's North a Carolina. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, this land is a lot more uh, conducive to folks well, that live on flatlands. <laughs> Flatlanders. Smoother. Over yeah. There. Although the habitat up here is just, you know, in, in great shape, and that, that's what you got to have. Unfortunately, yeah. in the Southern Appalachians, we just don't have it in, in vast numbers. In like quantity. Them, so, yeah. 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 Well, speaking of taking shots, again, I think I would imagine, and Steve, you you have a perspective on this, taking people into the woods a lot. You hunt with people that have hunted grouse for years, but also probably new folks as well, like mm-hmm. getting people to shoot yeah. when you when you really can't oh, see yeah. the bird and shooting through cover. It's yeah. not, not easy. Well, you know, because if you, you know, younger folks, well, whomever, younger or older, you, you are told to make sure you have good eye contact on your target. Yeah. Which is safe, and, and safety is good. you got to be safe, but knowing that a bird's up, that's safe enough. But not being able to see it, you have to be able to instinctively know the, the direction that bird's heading yep. to have at least a, a, a somewhat of a concept where to shoot. Yeah. But it is snap shooting. It's pop shooting. There's no leading or anything. And I tell people to watch the bird as the gun's coming up and shoot where you think it is. If you hit it, we'll find it. Right. The dogs will find it. Yep. But you're not going to hit it if you don't shoot. You Correct. can't see through the leaves, but the pellets can get through them. Exactly. But it is very difficult for first-timers to make their body, make their brain do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I still struggle with it. I yeah. mean, I, you come. Yeah. And well, I, this, go ahead, John. I was going to say my second bird yesterday. He gave me the great look, but I actually hit the bird on the That's second right. shot. Yeah. And I was shooting through yeah. trees and leaves. and yeah. But I've learned that with woodcock hunting. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. You, but you stay with them. You know, you, you, you just stay with it and pull the trigger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I had one this morning actually when when Rose went on point down by the swamp mm-hmm. edge and I went went down there chasing her. I went down there and a bird it flushed out of a tree, so you're already kind of behind the eight ball yeah, a little yeah. bit. But <laughs> I had a it was going through some spruce trees and it's one of those it's quick like every shot at a rough grouse pretty much is. And I didn't shoot, but then as soon as it was gone, I'm like, why didn't I shoot? Yep. You know, I mean, yep. I I could have hit it, but yeah. <laughs> That's rough grouse hunting. Yep, sure is. They're survivors, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one this morning, the the one grouse that I had the best look on, he was he was running. He was on the ground, and he was moving. Mm-hmm. He yeah. did not want to get up and fly. No, he yeah. did not. We saw several on the ground running ahead yeah. of the dogs this morning. Yeah. That's a, that's a good cover. It's one of those hard-to-get-to covers that generally nobody else hunts, so. Yeah. Birds don't get as much. And that was a, yeah, so that was a, that was a, we were, we had basically popped out of the cover onto the trail, and Sasha yep. went on point. Correct. Yep. yep. And John had a nice opening, so we sent him to flank around the left side there. I went further up the trail. Those trail birds, I mean, you never know how it's going to play out. I feel like a lot of times, the minute you leave the trail, they're gone. Yeah. Yep. That didn't happen this no. time. We all, all three of us got into the woods. And you walked, Stephen walked right to Sasha, and you saw the bird on the ground. So right. I mean, he yeah. tolerated a ton of pressure. Yeah, he did. Yes. And you're like, he's right yeah. here in front of me. Nick, you come down this way. John, you get ready. And I walked down there, and then I could see him running on the ground, and he ran up to this little knob. Yeah. And sure enough, he did this, you know, low flush, low flush foot off the ground. And disappeared. And, and, yeah, it yeah. was out in front, and I, I shot did not hit it. I'm yeah. 0 for 3 on grouse today. <laughs> I'm just saying that on the podcast. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but it's only, it's only – uh it's only one thirty-seven. Yeah. We yeah, got time. So, so got you the shot very well today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did all right on the woodcock. Yeah, you did yeah. well. Yeah. I tend to take take a little bit more time. I the grouse they'll get the best of you and get that frantic gun mount. But 
Well, yeah, it is. It's it a feels even though Even though with that, we saw that bird on the ground for mm-hmm. what had to almost run him up at, for 20 yards or yeah. something to finally yeah. get him to flush. Yeah. You know he's going to, and you got your eyes on him, but it's still, you still have to connect, and it makes it difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, when they're moving on the ground like that, then you got – I wouldn't say that, I, like, I'm not thinking consciously about a lot of stuff. You're just watching the grouse, but it's a little bit different than when you, the bird just pops into the air. Oh, I agree. Feel like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's it's almost a little like bit. seeing a woodcock on the ground and going, oh, man. Right. I'm, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to miss now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had one of those yesterday. I was going, fly bird, <laughs> fly bird, <laughs> please get up, bird. And then I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you were out with Shep yesterday, Kevin Shepard, former yep. former guest of the podcast. He's a he's a guy at Pine Ridge. Getting a little wind noise here. Hopefully that's not too bad. But any other highlights from your from your day yesterday? Did you run both your cockers yesterday? Uh, no, the little one not running her yet. Uh, not she, taking this, her for yeah. Well, she's she has flushed some quail. She yep. loves to get in the woods and hunt. She's 15 months old, but she'll she she'll be flushing birds. You know, by the end of this year and and even into next year as we we start, she just this would be um, she's not ready for this quite yet. Yeah. Um, now Cletus, he's he's a phenomenal little English cocker spaniel. Um, he's four. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's four. I tell folks this first time I saw one, I'm like, I've got to have one of those. <laughs> and he learned to flush in the woodcock woods, and having him flushing it because wood woodcock sit tighter you know they honor the dogs a whole lot better it would be it would be uh, it would be hard with a flusher like on grouse like we had today yeah. you know running like yeah. that now he would chase them he'd put them in the air pretty right. quick but it would probably be out of you know out of range but um but yesterday watching what he you know he did yesterday it, yeah that was one of those experiences so but the little one she'll when i come back next year she'll be flushing here next year yeah yeah <laughs> but um they're, they're fun little dogs. Yeah, you've got, I mean, you've got, so I don't know if we set the stage entirely, but you've got one of Steven's dogs, you've got two cockers, and then you've got a short hair as well. Right. Yep. A lot of diversity on the dog string, John. Yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? Uh, you got a wide-ranging taste? Yeah, that's a wide-ranging taste. Yeah. Um, my short hair, so I'll say this, I've heard um, Tyler Webster on, on his podcast mm-hmm. talk about his short hairs that, there's definitely an English pointer jumped across the fence cause, <laughs> because my German short hair, he, he definitely looks like an English pointer. Yeah. Um, mm. It's kind of the story how I ended up with him. Um, I was getting back into, you know, when we quit quail hunting, we just, you know, when our, we didn't get any more dogs, you know, we just, uh, you know, we were basically quitting, you know, because it's just, it's just the quail weren't there. Yeah. Some of the preserve hunting really was not that great. I'm like, you know, especially when we were hunting. Um, so I got an English setter, and she was mm. a phenomenal, great dog. And it was, it was opening weekend of quail season, and we actually went. We found a covey of quail. My daughter went with me, and that night, she did. I, I can't remember the technical name, but basically, with her stomach flips. Oh yeah, yeah. Her stomach, they, the bloat. Her, yeah, yeah. The, her stomach twisted. Oh, got my. her to an emergency room vet, um, but it was just it. it it's, that's a terrible, oh, terrible yeah. thing yeah. to see in yeah. a dog. It's, yeah. Um, so the gentleman that I had got her from, I called him to let him know about Cheyenne, and he said, he said, well, I've got a German short hair. That's going to be a good dog. He said, you're going to come get him and hunt him, and I said, no, no. He said, no, you're coming to get this dog. Or I'm gonna bring it to you, and uh, so he was a started dog, young, first year, 
Yeah, the first time I took him in the Woodcock Woods, he pointed one. The next time we went, he did five. The next time we would, we went, he did nine. The next time we went, he did 15, and it just grew from there. So, Gearing up for your next hunt? Check out Ugly Dog Hunting Company for all your dog supply needs. Ugly Dog Hunting carries a full line of products for your bird dog and even some for you. Whether you're looking for dog collars, GPS tracking devices, kennels, beds, leads, training equipment, or first aid supplies, Ugly Dog Hunting carries it and a whole lot more. New owner of the company and Fred of the Bird Shop podcast, Mike Nadusky, loves to remind me that while I do hunt with pretty dogs, every dog can be an ugly dog. Check out the entire selection of gear for you and your bird dog at UglyDogHunting.com. For many upland hunters, along with their passion for dogs, birds, and the places we chase them, comes a passion for shotguns. Upland Gun Company specializes in customizing shotguns for the upland bird hunter imported from Italy and shipped direct to an FFL near you. Select from one of their side-by-side or over-under shotgun platforms and customize the fit, function, and aesthetics to your liking. Design and build your next upland hunting shotgun with Upland Gun Company today. Visit uplandguncompany.com. And then... When I hunted with Steven and, and I saw Sasha, and I'm like, I've got to have one of those. <laughs> and uh, I told him, I think I told him yesterday or the day before, I said, go ahead and put me on the list for another one in about three <laughs> three to five years. You know, yeah. I'm going to stick with the Gordons. They're just they're yeah. great dogs. They're beautiful. Gordons and Cockers. Yep. Gordons and Cockers. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a terrible combination. No. no I could. I've done it before. You know, uh, the late Chip Lawton, the photographer. Oh, yeah. Nice little English Cocker. Yeah. We, we did it together quite a bit. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a different, when you have a pointing dog down, it's just it's still the same thing. Yeah. But having a Cocker flush, you know, yeah. get time yeah. to get comfortable and get yeah. ready, get your feet set. Yeah. Whereas, you know, trying to walk in and flush yourself, stumbling, tripping over logs, and then the bird goes up. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I got Cletus, my woodcock um, harvesting percentage, went up by 30 percent so i'm really? a numbers person yeah yeah i keep numbers and i looked at you know the previous years and i was able to get myself in position mm-hmm. if somebody was hunting with me i was able to get them into a position of where we have you know what we would think the best places that we can make a good shot yeah you tap cletus on the head and tell him back and he he's gonna put the bird in the air quick <laughs> yeah and uh and then he he marks birds so well when they fall I mean, he's he's on them immediately and delivers right to my hand. So they're they're great. They're great little dogs. But yeah, I'll have me another Gordon here <laughs> in a few years. Yeah, have two of them on the ground. That's a nice rotation. That, that was that was something we talked about last night. I haven't done a lot of it myself, but when you've got you got pointing dogs and thick cover, there's there are many times when you and you don't have a flushing dog. Yeah, you know you're kind of sacrificing exactly. one for the team there yeah, you know right. to flush that yep. bird just to get sure. it out of there where, where sure. if you had a flushing dog to send in there and you never know which way the bird's going to come out but i can definitely see see how it would would set up nicely in a yeah. lot of a lot yeah, of scenarios i mean especially if you're hunting by yourself like john yeah you know it, it's a fantastic way to, to get ready and let the let the yeah. dog do the flushing and yeah. it's, i mean you know as long as all the dogs are well trained and well behaved it right. can be seamless i mean it's yeah. be a very nice enjoyable way to do it yeah and their personalities are just, <laughs> yeah. they're great. When they're yeah. in the woods, they're 100% hunting. Yeah. But when you go home and you open the door, they're the best little pets that you could possibly have. Where are your cockers out of again? Uh, Sun Sage Sporting Dogs. Both out of, of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got Cletus uh, at 11 months old, started, finished him. And when I was like, I want another one. And I want another one off the same sire um, as Cletus. So I waited two years. Um, for finally a puppy that I could you know, get from that, from where I wanted it, the same sire, Barney's his name. 
and that's how I ended up with uh, Nala. So she's yep. 15 months old. She, she's going to be as good, if not better. Think than so? Cletus. Oh, yeah. What are you seeing out of her? She is highly motivated, highly aggressive. Just you put a bird down in front of her, or and she's. I've done a little bit of training with her with some quail. Yeah. And um, you pull in a, a few flight feathers out of you know wing or somewhere it can't get up you know fly oh she is aggressive um but she will she will come right straight to me mm-hmm. she'll sit down with that bird in her mouth and she'll look at me and just wait wait and I'll, I'll tap my leg and say give it to me she jumps up and she'll put it right in my hand so <laughs> but she yes yeah, she's going to be cletus is um he's kind of laid back and i tell people he he's uh he aims to please you know, whoever's hunting with us and yeah. i think nala's going to be like you better get ready <laughs> <laughs> so, james please herself yeah, right? yeah she yeah. wants to make it happen but That's it's right. uh scott and tyler coon out of um out of georgia they're the ones that they're sun sage sporting dogs and, okay. and then they also manage fishing creek farms uh which is one of the really nice you know plantation style quail hunt uh, great place great people and outstanding dogs she does a great program yeah. breeding program with her her dogs same as steven i mean you you do your homework you find right you find a good i don't even want to call them breeders i don't i don't think of you as a breeder i think of you as and you've told me before i have puppies because you got to keep your string yeah. of dogs going yeah. yeah but you've done your homework and your research so well that your dogs are just they, they're going to hunt and i think the same thing with her her breeding program and what she's doing and, and they're using their cockers at fishing creek mm-hmm. same kind of thing mm-hmm. you said they've got their dogs are working and um yeah it's just you know, do your homework find a good breeder or Align, find somebody aligning, that hunts the, with them. aligning the goals right yep. like steve i mean yep. steven you're hunting your dogs yeah every dang day yeah yeah i mean that and that's it's like you're using them that way that's the purpose that's that's what you're breeding for so john knows that as yeah, somebody sure. who's getting the dog exactly sure. you want to do that you know and, and and like john said he he's, he's lucky he got to see the dogs actually got to see the dog he bought right yeah. work yeah. In, in yeah real time in the field but yeah. at least seeing the parents knowing the parents hunting over them things like that makes makes a very important decision a little easier yeah you look yeah. at a 15 year decision right Correct. that's what we tell people yeah and you know there are a lot of different breeds a lot of different breeders but buying the dog out of what you plan on hunting yeah the most is probably the, the biggest decision yep and yeah. seeing them yeah and so last year through a mutual friend i i call myself a uh a fill-in on the weekends to give the other guides a break and stuff at george high plantation yeah. in north carolina and Oh, Sky was people never. Yeah. Gordon Sutter. Yeah. And they were just he. They were so fascinated with him, his point, um, amazing tracking ability. Their noses are just mm-hmm. great, and they they work birds a little bit different than like a pointer would. They're winding more, and uh, Sky would get you know he'd get on a bird and just you know lock down beautiful point, and then sending Cletus into flush is just like. <laughs> you couldn't ask for a, a better um stick of dynamite yeah you know <laughs> a lot of guys when we were heading back to the lodge they weren't talking about how many birds they killed or how many birds they saw or how they should you know shot that day they were like man did you see cletus did you see scott <laughs> you know just yeah. uh in the next day if i was taking somebody out of that same party and they're like you're the one that's got cletus right and i'm like yeah i'm the one that's got cletus um <laughs> his reputation yeah. preceded him <laughs> do a lot of the guides down there have pointing dogs and flushing dogs i mean yes. that's that's where you yes. hear about it often yeah. i feel like yep 
yeah, everybody, every hunt. Pointers and cockers. It's going to be pointers and, and cockers. Yeah. You know, yeah. and when you have a big group hunt, you think about safety. Right. No person has to go into flush. Yeah. You have a, a little small dog. Low to the ground. Low yep. to the yep. ground, out of the way. Yep. And to get those birds in the air fast. Fast. I mean, they don't, there's no messing around. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's really cool. How did you get into, like, was that just kind of, because that's not what you do for work or anything. You've, you've. How did I get in with like, George Like, like do, yeah, doing the guiding and, like, thinking that was something you wanted to do. And I'm asking that because, Stephen, we talked about this earlier. You're a guide, and you always, and, and people people ask you about guiding, and you'll you'll tell them, are you done hunting yet? Yeah. Right? Correct. Like, have you have you shot enough birds? Have you? And I feel like I, I'm not yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, I've done a little bit, of, little bit of guiding here and there, but I probably got to get some more hunting out of me first before I strongly consider that. But A mutual friend. Yeah. Um, who's retired and and guides down there they're kind of like a retirement job type mm-hmm. thing not he's not guiding you know hardcore you know six days a week or yeah. you know he got me to go down there it was uh not this summer the summer before last and just see the place because he he knew you know i had bird dogs i had a cocker uh he had just got a cocker he said you need to come down to george high and, and look at this place so i went down there with him and met the general manager uh Doyle hardison and they were like We'd like to have you down here to guide, you know, with us. Just kind of like fill in. You got, you've got the dogs going to mm-hmm. do it. And I said, well, I can go do what I, I want to do that I enjoy doing, and get paid to do it as well. But it, <laughs> it's not about the money, but uh, and and be able to have, be able to have my dogs on a lot of birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, that's where Nala's going to get her. That's where she's going to learn everything to do with her flushing and get and get dialed in. Yeah, that's and, cool. Um, I didn't think so, about it that way. Yep. So it it um uh, I would do like uh Saturday Saturday hunts, Sunday hunts. Sometimes in the week I would you know, if he if Dole was really need needing someone or needing me, somebody who you know, couldn't come or a larger group, you know, he he said, Can you come this day? So if I could work it in my schedule with what my day job, uh I would go and do it. Yeah. But it like you said, you get to go bird hunting and you get paid to do it. <laughs> you get, and you get to work your dogs. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think it's just like the day or this up here, the dog work is, the dog work and hunting with people Yeah. that, that have the same interests. And, yeah. And uh, that's, that's the fun of it. Yeah. Well, that's, again, spending some time with you over the last few days, it's apparent that you're, you're into the entire thing. You yeah. experience the dogs. Getting some shots today. Yep. But that's not the, that's not the top priority today. Exactly. Yeah exactly so yeah it's fun what are your this is your chance to throw jerry under the bus here what do you think of pine ridge so far <laughs> <laughs> do i get a chance uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> steven you're next steven's next <laughs> um always i'll stand in place yeah highly recommended to anybody that wants to if somebody's got a passion to go rough grouse hunting and experience um Somebody's got a, a want. If somebody wants to just go and kill rough grouse, and then you can go kill rough grouse. But if you want right. the full experience of the Northwoods, like I said, I, it was a twenty-five hour drive for me to get here. It was worth every bit of it. Yeah. And, uh, the camp is phenomenal. I mean, great people. Um, yeah. I mean, I look forward to going back tonight and just you know sitting there yeah. and talking with everybody, see how their day yeah. day was, and and mm-hmm. eating some really good food. And everybody that's been there is. 100 percent top notch yeah yep. there's a cool ebb and flow to the day you know with breakfast everybody's yeah. sitting around excited and you're talking you're looking at the weather and talking and 
you go out into the woods and yesterday I didn't hunt. We were back at camp, but then you, the hunters roll Start in. Rolling and, yeah, you know, yeah. you're just like, I'm how'd just getting, do? Do? yeah, I'm getting excited yep. to hear, hear the reports and the story. And yesterday was just beautiful. It was cloudy in the morning, a mm-hmm. little bit of kind of like spitting rain. We, I even saw some snowflakes saw some yesterday. Snow. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. yesterday. Yeah. 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 That was, that was pretty early, but then the sun came out and it was, it looked like a good afternoon for grouse hunting. Yeah. But it's a great nice. place. Yeah. Highly recommend it to anybody. Pig roast tonight. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, down south, we call it a pig picking. So, but oh, I guess yeah. up here is a pig roast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pig on the cooker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, it's a great place, great time. Is, this is the longest trip you've done for a, a hunting trip? Yes. Yeah. Went to Kansas in January. Okay. Uh, but it was it was close. You know, I think it was a 23 hour drive. <laughs> um, but I wanted to do, I said, okay, if I do this one, I, I came by myself, my dogs, and I said, you know, if it if if it turns out the way I think it's going to turn out, so I I want to go to North Dakota. I want to go to, to Montana. I got I want to hunt some of the other yeah. species. Yeah, I want to experience it. It's just like this. You got anything that's like next top on your list? I'd love to. Well, the gun that I shot yesterday and the gun I shot today. I yeah. know the history behind that gun and the hands of who it used to be, and I want to go shoot some Hungarian partridge because that oh, yeah. Yeah, that gun amazing. is you know. That's what that gun did. It's, the it's previous done owner, that before. yeah, the previous <laughs> owner. That's that's what that gentleman did with it. So Hungarian partridge, sharp tails, yeah, maybe some sage grouse, something like that. But yeah. right now, hunts and and sharp tails are on the list for next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know what I wanted to ask you about is yesterday we were talking. You do, uh, you can share whatever you want about about your work, but you you manage some land and you are you're mapping and looking at soil, and Correct. we were talking about looking at soil for woodcock, which I've heard people talk about that before. I've never done much of it myself, but talk about that a little bit and how you, what resources you're using to do right. that. Right. So as I, you know, as I got into woodcock hunting and I'm the type of person I like, I want to know why, you know, why, why are they in these places? Yeah. And what I started noticing was that, um, those fine sandy loamy soils, Augusta, Portsmouth and Tamale for us, that's where the birds were. And like, so with my work, I do use um, Esri ArcMap, so I do have GIS software. So USDA has a layer out there with soil types. So I I pulled that layer into my GIS system, and with an app on my phone, the ArcGIS Explorer app, I can, real time, I can be in the woods, and I can see where those delineations of the different soil type. And what what I started learning, just if it's not the right soil type, just go ahead and blow through it. You might find a bird, but most likely you're not you're not going to find that many. And as you start going into your transition of your soil types, even where it's it's on the map and you can see the delineation of the line, I've had several times once you cross over and you can see vegetation changes, the look on the floor changes, forest floor changes, yeah. and you will start finding birds. And so it's our, our hydric soils, I think, are too wet. You're, you're, I think that's the case or, or too wet because they're eating worms. Yeah. It's too wet for worms. And then if you get into our some of our other sandier soils, because I noticed y'all, you've said, and yesterday I was talking about sand and sand, so I'm looking at them like, okay, their sand is different than our sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, our sand and water is going to go through it too fast. And so started started mapping and pinpointing where I was killing birds and the different soil types, mm-hmm. and, then, and then it was those three. Yeah. So that's what I've learned now um, is hunt those three soil types. 
and I've, I've heard folks, I've, you might have said it before, that sometimes your, um, your stream features inside, you know, ones that are flowing north, north mm-hmm. to south. Sure. I think there's some, there's some relevance to that as well. What's going on there? Oh, it's just, I mean, it's a natural flyaway, you know, oh, north-south yeah. flyways, yeah. and they drop in, you know, corners, intersections of streams, things like that, yep. but, but. John, knowing John pretty well, he is very detail-oriented. So I can yeah. honestly keep in notes and knowing where he's finding birds and then going and look. It's no different from looking on the map for, for cuts. Yeah. For, you know, um, but he's he's looking to see the soil type. Okay, I found a bunch of birds here. The soil type's that. Then he go, okay, well, here's the same soil type, and yep. I found birds there. And that's that's good. You know, I know how John works, and that's yeah. what he's doing. Me, I just stumble through the woods and go, oh, I found a bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have shared... I don't mind sharing information, so I've shared that information with some some new hunters that are trying to. You know, yeah. I know you woodcock hunt. What what do I need to do? So I tell them, I said, these are the soil types you need to look at. Yeah. You know, look for some of your stream features that are in a north south direction. Mm-hmm. Start focusing on on a few of those, and and I said you'll probably find birds, and they have found birds. Yeah. So yeah. one comment I made to you yesterday, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I I think I several several years ago emailed with. Um, on x yeah and i asked him i said have y'all ever considered putting soil types as a layer on, on x and i think the rep- i got a cordial reply back and i think you know they stay busy and they've yeah. added numerous types of layers but i wish they would add a soil layer to on x and then it would help we're going to talk to ben about that it yeah. would help a lot of guys <laughs> i mean it i mean i'm not a scientist or anything but i'm finding birds in those soil areas yeah so it's, it's going to be different in Minnesota. It's going to be different right. in the States. But if you find, I think it's a fine, sandy, loamy-type soil that holds enough moisture in there for the worms to live and survive. And But it's it's not holding too much water like hydric soils do. Yep. Um, and it's not a sandy soil that doesn't have any water. Focus in on those areas, and I think you'll find woodcock. Yeah. Yeah, that topic has come up a lot. In, when I'm talking grouse covers recently, we've had this sand-clay conversation, and Actually, every time I come out here and hunt around Pine Ridge, I kind of remember, like, it's it just varies so much from yeah. region to region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, I am I have a certain kind of sand country in mind that I hunt that is different than this sandy type soil. Because our feet are kicking sand around right here. But this is kind of a mixed, would you say this is a heavier sand, John? Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. heavier sand. It's not a really dry barren sand and so this there's a lot of swamps there's lots of swales around here it holds some water and it's a really really nice mix of of sandy soil here versus sometimes what what i'm talking about like the real sand country high dry barren area and it just takeaway being you've really got to pay attention to your the area you're hunting Yes. And it, what's what works in one area might not work in another, or what's mm-hmm. what's less desirable in one area might not exactly translate to sure. that other area. Yeah. But something you said yesterday, John, is the way you see that what the soil is doing, you see it in the vegetation. Absolutely, and, and that's you see what it you get really in tune with what kind of vegetation grows. And looking around us here, the way that I kind of put the sand country, sandy soil in in my mind, the vegetation it seems to have a warmer tone to it. And I think a lot of that is I'm, I'm looking at red pine. I'm looking at Oak. I see maple, you see blackberry. Things seem to be warmer toned on the, and this, that might just be totally in my mind, but when I'm hunting heavy clay soil type areas, everything's cooler toned, spruce trees, aspen, birch, cool, white, gray. Yep. I've got them like delineated in my mind like that. Does yep. that make yep. any sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You kind of know what you're looking for, whether, 
subconsciously or consciously, you, yeah. you, you aim towards it, you put the dogs in it, and you know, and that's kind of your instinct. Well, so back to a question you asked earlier about yeah. hunting with Kevin Shepard. Yeah. You know, he knows his yes, he does. everything. Yes, yes he yes. does. And, and he, he's one of the guys that really put the bug in my ear about this. And he, I mean, he would look up there and he said, Look at the uh, look at the dogwood berries. Yeah, and yeah. and look at the. He said, yep. "That's." Uh, he said, that, "I said down south. I said we call that that looks that place looks birdy. It's yep. very birdy." Yeah, yep. and I mean we found birds. I mean, yeah. so he. That's one thing with him. He knows everything he that's does. out there. Yeah, yep. he does. He's a good forester for sure. Yeah, very good forester. Um, but there's with GIS now. There's so many. Free. Are you loading those layers on your alpha or anything? Did we talk about that? The, no, so, the soil layers. Yep. So can't I do can't it. do that. Okay. Um, and uh, which that's another thing for ONX. I wish they'd come out with uh, one of the cards that'll fit like in the alpha. That then you could have. You know, on the, they used to have that on the one hundred, but did they not? It doesn't the, work on the two. Doesn't work on the two hundred. Yeah. Okay. So if you could like. If they had an Onyx card where you could put it in your Alpha. Okay, Ben, you listening? Do you have that where you could put it in your Alpha 200i, which I think is Garmin makes the best of. Yeah. Um, but if you could put that in and then you could have that soil delineation on your Alpha, that would just make it even better. Yeah. So then I'm not having to look at my phone, you know, using the app, the Ezra app on my phone, and then got the Alpha, it would all be right there. Because the other thing is with your soil types and woodcock hunting and having the map that you can see, what I've learned with that is I can see my track. I can see where I've gone. I can see where the dogs have been. I'm like, oh, we missed an area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this soil type, mm-hmm. let's go check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of learned some of that from him because <laughs> Stephen yeah. will look at He said, look, we need to go in this little pocket right here. Yeah, we, we, I, hadn't, I, we missed that. I do a lot of that. I'm, I'm looking at maps a lot on there just to make sure we're hitting the corners. We're hitting, you know, yeah. you get in the thick of stuff, especially on a gray day, you, you you're not exactly sure where you've been. You're wandering yep. around behind the dogs, but you're you know looking at the map, knowing where you are, making sure you're hitting the corners and yep. covering the cover right. Right. Nothing wrong with that. And like you said, if you miss a good corner of the right soil type at home, then they might also be stacked in there. You just sure. never know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, the tools that we have to be more efficient it's it's pretty incredible well you know it's crazy we <laughs> laugh about this stuff but when i was growing up when i first started guiding i had bells period yeah, the bell of a map you know people <laughs> i was getting ready to say the same thing when we started quail hunting we didn't have any of this stuff no, we didn't have you any had bells stuff. and you had paper maps and you know it's funny yeah we would tear out a map from the uh, gazetteer and we'd know the section and we'd take a compass reading we'd have bells on the dogs nothing more and we found the dogs in the truck and if satellites ever fall out of the sky, I'll, I'll be able to keep hunting. <laughs> Were you, you, no, like 20, 30 years ago, you weren't coming up to the North Country to No, hunt. I've been coming up since 2000. Because you used to go to Michigan too, right? Yeah, the UP yeah. and the Upper Lower Peninsula. Yeah. yeah. And there's well, some big woods there. So. Yeah, and so, I mean, 2002, that's probably pre all this stuff. You, oh, yeah. You had yeah, plat, yeah. Oh, books yeah. and yeah. Atlas or whatever. I mean, I like, I love to read the Gazetteer. The Gazetteer yeah. I like the layout yeah. of that, so I would actually yeah. buy two. Yeah. So, because if you tore out one page, though, you know, I wanted, so I had one with all the pages in it, and one I'd tear out the pages of. And yeah. I would plastic coat them, and so I, you'd carry them in your game bag. No satellite imagery or anything. Honestly, you're looking for logging roads. Like where we're parked right here, a little logging road off the main, off the main dirt road. I mean, not, well, you know, and to, okay, well, let's look at that. So you get down in there, and you're just kind of following it, and you have an idea in your head, and you're looking at the map of how you want to go, you know, yep. make a circle, do a loop, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and you're, you're just hunting it. But, no, it, you're looking for the right cover, and you assume since there's a logging road here, they've done logging activity. In yep, there. yep. And up here and then across the, the Great Lakes State, there's a good chance they have. So yeah. you're just hunting it. 
And and that that's the part that hasn't changed so much. It's like you get on the ground, you know what you're looking at in front yeah. of you. So yeah. you you keep walking, you keep following the dogs. You see a swamp edge, you take the swamp edge, you do this, you do that. Yeah, it's the the e scouting and stuff. You just you can you can be more prepared and kind of know what oh, you're going to find, doubt. right? Yes, I mean, you feel, would you say yeah. it would makes you more efficient as far sure. as like where you're going to go, yeah, when sure. you're going to go? Yeah. 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 And I like to do I don't like to do an out and back. I don't like that. Dogs yeah. don't like that. They think they've already hunted it. I agree. So yeah. it's nice to be able to look on a satellite and come up with a Make a loop a loop mm-hmm. of some sort of a track. Yep. And sometimes you get down and you're like, oh, there's a swamp here and there's a swamp there, and you can look on the map. I mean, the satellite image, you see that you, know, you can cross right here. There's a little wedge right there, maybe a beaver dam or something you can walk across. Yep. Being able to read that is fantastic. Very handy. Of course, it would have been in the Gazetteer, but it would have been printed 20 years ago. So. Right, yeah. right. And, but then, you know, I mean, you know how it is. Like, you get into the grouse cover, and, and all of a sudden you're looking at a wall of vegetation. And yeah. The, the ability to take that phone out, pull up Onyx, and see your icon yeah. and yes. know that, exactly that where this is at. where I am. There's the swamp. I mean, yep. yeah. That alone is like, and if and if you're doing soul, that's exactly what you're doing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. the right soul. I'm in it. Because yeah. otherwise, you'd be. Am I on it? Am I not on exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. It really is. It's a lot. Of, a lot of nice features out there available, especially yeah. for new hunters that are it, still right. trying to figure it out. New hunters. It's helping new hunters get into the you know the fun of what we enjoy upland hunting. What we do. And yeah. And we did one at camp this spring. We had you know Onyx Hunt came and yep. did the. Um, beginning hunters and, and how to hunt how to find cover how to use onyx of course i need to go sit in that section how to use onyx now what do you mean where's the on button <laughs> i'm not the most technically advanced person out here technologically advanced person so well, you put us into birds this morning absolutely Steve. we got we got daylight going by we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here pretty quick john again you were listening to the bird shot podcast you're a patreon supporter thank you very much for well, that so what I was getting ready to say is anybody out there listening to this, hey, be a Patreon sponsor of, of the Birdshot Podcast. And Nick, it's, it's the best Upland podcast out there. Well, that's a shameless and, plug, John. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, told, we'll so take it. I, I found out about Stephen Faust. Um, yeah. So I my vintage doubles that I'm shooting, I'm shooting the two-inch paper shells from RST. They're not making those anymore because of the powder they were using. So through a podcast with you and Dale Whitman, you yeah. know, listen i'm like so i killed birds yesterday uh with my shells that i reloaded you know two inch paper shells. started picking dell's brain yeah started yeah. picking dell's brain and i mean i i can go down to several other things that because of your podcast yeah it's made things a little bit easier i like doing research and reading and finding things out but yeah a lot of your podcast makes it faster well so that. anybody out there if you don't if you're not a patreon sponsor be a patreon sponsor and Maybe they'll have a if you do a if you do another hunt giveaway. Yeah. What do you next think? Year. Should we do it again next year? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to talk to Jerry about that. This has been fun. This has <laughs> yeah, been fun. It's been very fun. I I gotta say I that when I hear of listeners of the show connecting with again guests that I have on and learning stuff along with me, that's there's nothing better than that, and yeah. it's it's kind of a little network and community, and that's all amplified by Pine Ridge yeah. and and the the crowd up here. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. 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 The Scout and Hunt app, I use that, and yeah. that's uh, Ann. Ann Jander and I, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so the, the kind of people that's out there, she called and left a message with me yesterday right. that there was an era in the in the North Dakota layers, the map. That, so she was just, I guess she called everybody that had that and said, you need to go back and update your North Dakota area because there was an error. Yeah. I found out about that through your podcast yeah. with her stuff. Yeah. 
and and I could go on with more and more. So yeah, great podcasts, uh, great people, and upland hunting is is a great thing to do. Yeah, well, you got a passion for it, John, and it's it's a it's obvious to me. But uh, yeah, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate. It. I'm I'm so glad you were able to come up here and spend a few days at Pine Ridge. You're just you're right in the middle of your trip. We got we got hunting to do this afternoon. We're gonna have a good day tomorrow, and it's gonna be a blast. Stephen, thanks for taking us out today no, as always more than this is the first yeah, time i got a chance first to time we actually hunted together. you and your dogs you years, yeah, it's, yeah it's awesome I've, I've missed a few grouse over your dogs already today so we can <laughs> see what happens <laughs> we'll this, afternoon. Up for this afternoon <laughs> what, what's the cover going to look like this afternoon what are we going to hunt uh, we're going a little bit more open uh uh larger aspen stands we kind of concentrate on a little bit of the younger stuff this yep. morning it's a little bit larger aspen stand full of some fruit uh, like like john said the dogwood berries are fantastic this yep. year so golden hours coming and the birds are going to be feeding so yeah. we're going to look yeah. for them i'm ready yeah, my shooting to this morning has not been that great well i do need you you got to be ready this afternoon because the grouse kind of flew my way this morning so i think the tides and are going the to yeah, nick, yeah. nick got the lucky side every did, it seemed like yeah. every flush but that yeah. was great this is exactly yeah. what yeah. i told him well, like i told john i said every no matter what whichever direction i tell you you're wrong you should have gone the other Go way, the other way. <laughs> don't <laughs> no, listen I, to steven <laughs> i enjoyed it i like watching I mean, yeah that's good what stuff. it's all about good stuff the yeah. friendship and the camaraderie of yeah of what we're we're yeah. doing that's it doesn't get any better dogs and friendships that's all it is you bet well said buddy well thanks again yeah thank you we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and we're gonna go chase some birds let's go yep <laughs> thanks for tuning in to another episode of the bird shot podcast presented by onyx hunt final rise and upland gun company don't forget to rate review subscribe and share and if you really love the show and want to contribute above and beyond what you already do by listening you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot thanks for listening we'll catch you on the next episode of the Birdshot podcast Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.